Hey everyone, I'm your host Angelica and welcome to the Bring Back Femininity Podcast where we educate and empower women how to tap into their secret superpowers and get everything they want out of life. Thank you for listening. And we're live. Hello everyone, welcome to the Bring Back Femininity Podcast. I am here with Mike my fiance. Nice. Weird. <laughs> I was thinking about it this morning. I'm like, how am I going to start this podcast episode? Like I, like, you know, cause I always repeat the same. Hello everyone. Welcome to the bring back Funny hot podcast. This is my fiance, Michael Chilo. And then I always say, Hey, and then we have a moment of silence and then it gets so awkward. I strictly went in for the awkward. I like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something about it. Okay, so we are here for part two of Toxic Things I Used to Do. Clearly, we used to do a lot of toxic things, so we needed a second episode for it. But, you know, I re-listened to our previous podcast, and it was definitely a moment of reflection of how far we've come. Um, I feel like it's very easy to play victim and act like, oh, I'm the best and there's nothing wrong with me. But that's that's not like the point like that's where no inner work happens and that's where you can't have like a flourishing happy fulfilled life is if you keep blaming everybody else when maybe you are the walking red flag it's a hard pill to swallow thinking that wow maybe I am the problem maybe I have to do some work and but the reward is endless you know it only gets easier I agree yeah 100% 100%. I speak facts. That's why I might get speechless. Yeah, that's right. What do you but say yeah, the truth? Exactly. But inner work, it's not easy. It's not something that happens overnight. It definitely involves a lot of one-to-one and a lot of alone times with yourself and really just getting to know your red flags. Like we're, we're listing our red flags. I know probably a lot of people have the same ones. So yeah, take this moment and just like, maybe what we're saying resonates with you and maybe you're just like, oh, maybe that's something that I need to change. Maybe that's something that I need to work on. So I guess that's the whole purpose of these, of this, of these two episodes. Yeah. I also, we were talking about how a lot of people aren't self-aware. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully opening it up to realize for other people that, you know, Hey, this is, this is some of the things that you should be aware of because yeah. these are things that we recognized in ourselves that we saw were red flags because th- some of these things people might think are not red flags mm-hmm. and they're just not self-aware enough yeah. to know that they're even doing it and they're self-sabotaging all these relationships and they're like, wow, you know, so. Just going on the path of self-destruction, but it's also because we want you guys to know that we were not perfect. We were wounded when we both came into the relationship and I feel like we both fronted, like we were just you know, we're, we were super cool and we have nothing to work on, but we had a lot of things, a lot of baggage, a lot of toxicity. We both came into and like to the relationship and we wanted something great. We wanted something healthy, but the way that we were going was basically leading to self-sabotage and, you know, could have led to a big breakup, but we decided to do the inner work and we decided to look at ourselves and we're just like, no, like you're my person. I want to work on it with you. So yeah, it was, and last episode was the first time I feel like we ever sat down and talked about it. Mm -hmm. I feel like we knew what we did wrong and we worked on it in silence and change, but it was never like we sat down and 
kind of. You Let's know? talk about all the toxic things we used to do that we've changed yeah. and fixed. You know, it was a good reflection uh, yeah. time. Good time to reflect. Yeah. Yeah. Things are definitely night and day. Yeah. But again, nothing's perfect. We still fight. We still go back and forth. We still rub each other the wrong way. We're not perfect at all. But the red flags are gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have the tools to kind of make up much faster than we used to. And I don't feel well, like... we got in a fight last night. Yeah, we did. But we made up pretty quick. Yeah, we did. Because you're so forgiving. <laughs> I am <laughs> so forgiving. Last night was my fault. Big time. Yes. Let's not revisit <laughs> it. Wait, let's talk about all the details. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Okay, so... Let's go back to it. Um, the f- I'm going to start off, and I don't know if this is toxic or not, but I would say, yo, Enzo is going ham right now. It's and that he's pumpkin dr- puree. Yeah, I've been giving Enzo some pumpkin puree, and he's been loving it. And so berries. He's, and he's licking his bowl clean. Oh, yeah, I have two announcements to make. My first announcement is my phone cases are releasing this week oh cool yeah on my site i don't know if i want to call it bringbackfemininity.com i feel like that's long or bbfemininity.com no bringbackfemininity.com that's okay. cool yeah if it's not easy yeah um and also Bring my second back. announcement is my amazon storefront is coming Woo-hoo. out too so all like the products that i have ever used that i use for mike that i use for myself and that i use for enzo will be on that storefront so this is all news to me yeah i'm super excited about that (laughs) but i had a ton of amazon packages but like you see i'm i have to use this Mm -hmm. stuff before i promote it mike what is that yeah excuse me and then she'll she'll put it in her in her arms and she'll run into the other room i'm like where are you going (laughs) i'm like nowhere (laughs) okay so let's start this episode so i don't know if this is toxic but i would say the type of content that i used to post before Mm. even before i met you though i would say like go like way back oh yeah um i would say like showing off my body on instagram for basically likes and attention yeah and i feel like a lot of women don't want to admit that it's for likes and attention it's like no i posted for like other women and all that stuff and it's like okay but if you're half naked who are you posting it for right because women don't care about other women being half naked and are, are all the likes other women yeah or like are if you, i was to look at all those likes probably 90 percent men yeah and it's kind of just like it's different yeah can you please really i don't mind okay it's, do you mind do you want me to do something with this bowl all right i'll go do do something (laughs) you you continue yeah so i would say the content that i used to post before for me i feel like it was toxic i feel like i was getting just the wrong a lot of women they say that oh i'm posting it for my other female friends i'm posting it to gain like women followers and all that stuff and I don't think that's true. And I'm talking about that's from personal experiences. I kept lying to myself and it was for attention. It was for more followers. It was for, you know, validation. So I think now looking back, I wish I never posted very revealing, you know, photos. I think I could have still posted like sexy, classy photos without showing my body, you know, like... I, what, what was the Reddit uh, channel? What what did they say? What was the hashtag? <laughs> no, we're not no. going to bring it up. No, no, but people would repost you because no, you're so I'm beautiful. Talking about even before I met you. No, I know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, dude, you're really annoying me. I don't know why. 
but yeah. And it's kind of just like, you would have all this like negative energy where you have like perverts messaging you, like, you know, just, I don't know. It was just, wasn't the attention that I wanted to have. But at the time, of course, growing up, uh, being a young girl, it's like, yeah, getting all these likes, getting all these followers. And a lot, this one girl messaged me and she's just like, okay, but you know, some women have to post this way or have to look this way for men to look at them, you know, for men to get, to give them attention. And it's like, I totally get that, but it's like, what type of attention do you want to get? You know, are you trying to get attention from men that just want to play around with you? Are you getting attention from quality men? Because personally to me now looking back at it, it's like, I'd rather have quality over quantity. You know, what's the point of posting a photo and getting a bunch of perverts messaging you just wanting to sleep with you or posting, you know, nice, still classy and sexy photos, but getting, let's say like three to four guys messaging you that are of quality. So that was one of my toxic things. I was in the same wheelhouse before I shut mine down. Yeah. Because I had convinced myself that I was doing it because I was trying to inspire others Mm -hmm. with success and travel and all that stuff. And then I realized when I shut it down, I'm like, no, that's all for ego. Mm -hmm. And yeah, looking back, it's pretty pathetic. Like, you know, being taken out of the present moment to post what I was eating or to post like the car I was in or just seems so like needy, you Mm -hmm. know, needy for others approval. And I love doing stuff with you and not even pulling my phone out and not, and I've also noticed you've really changed too. Like everywhere we went, I was actually going to say that to you when we went to lunch today, that I I was about to say to you, I'm like, remember when I would have to take a picture of you every single place we went Mm -hmm. always, you'd always have to have an outfit and always find a location. And I'd take a hundred photos of you. Well, it like never happens anymore. Not that I mind, I I wouldn't mind. You know what I mean? I I don't mind if you do it once in a while, but it was in the back in the day a lot. And it was consistently. And I would ask you to take like millions of photos and that just takes away from the whole mood. Like, listen, when you go out with your girlfriends, go take a million photos. You guys love doing that. We love doing that. We're totally fine. You take a photo of me. I take a photo of you. But when you're out with your dude and you're asking him to take a million photos, it's draining for the dude. It's really draining. And it, of course, when there's a lot of people around and the dude, you're supposed to be like, you know, women want, want to be like, no, you're supposed to feel good about taking photos of me. I'm beautiful. I'm your woman and all that stuff. And it's like, listen, you ask your man to take two or three photos of you, he'll do it, he'll love it. But once you start getting to that five, six, seven, ten range, they're just like, yo, dude, come on. Like now you're kind of ruining my time. Well, it's almost like sessions. Yeah. Because I, I don't mind taking like 50 photos in one little session. It's like, but I only want to do like one session two max but by like the third session where you've changed angles you've changed kind of your look you know you've kind of figured out what you want to do after the kind of the first session like the second one i'm like okay and then the third one i'm like bro i'm done i don't want to do this like i'm not having fun anymore like i've now taken 100 photos of you legit and i'm i want to i want to go home yeah i'm just kind of me personally if i'm wearing like a super cute outfit i'll ask you to do it in the beginning of the night you know, it's definitely better. and then I won't then ask him to take another better. photo. But moral of the story is that I used to post a lot of provocative photos for just attention. And I lied to myself thinking like, no, it's for women. It's for women. But my parents hated it. You know, I got the wrong type of attention. I showed off my body to gain more male followers and from validation from them. And it's like, 
for what, you know? But I want to be clear that I always supported you for the most part. Like there were times where it'd be like too much and I would call you out and I'd be like, hey, I'm not comfortable with this one or that one, especially as I started to love and respect you more. Then I got more like, hey, I don't know about this one, you know, where in the beginning I didn't care as much because I was just showing you off as like a piece of like meat. But then as we went on, you know what I mean? It was like more, more love, more care for you. And I didn't want to see you that way. And, you know, it's, um, it's a good transition, you know, getting out of that. I mean, it's, it's hard to be respected when you're showing your entire body off. Yeah, I feel like I transferred from, oh, I would love to have attention to like now I want respect. And I feel like I didn't have that respect for myself even. I just wanted attention. I just, you know, you said money was your God. It's like Instagram was like my God, yeah. you know? And it, it was unhealthy. You were on it all the time. I was on it all the time. It was just like un- unhealthy. I just was like, okay, let's get more followers and all that stuff. But just to be clear, when I met Mike, my Instagram was clean. It was. I remember I cleaned it up two months before I met you and it was clean. It, it still had bikini photos, but I was at the right scene. Like I was on the beach or I was at the pool, but there was nothing of like me in like my bathroom, you know, in my living room, like nothing like that. Because a lot of people probably think like, well, you got Mike's attention because you posted half naked photos. And it's like, no, my Instagram was clean before I met Mike. No, that's true. It was. Yeah. It was clean. It was PG-13 when I met Mike. Because I mean, she I still sh- had that body, though. Yeah. But he had to see me in order to see it, you know? Um, okay. So my second one is gossiping. I feel like that's like, it's what, like a toxic trait is gossiping. It, it kind of sucks because you know, when you're with your friends, you guys want to shoot the shit and you want to talk about, you know, people and their drama and their business, but it's so unhealthy to do that. And I, it's hard because, you know, celebrity drama, this, you think that you, you think, you know, so much about their lives, but it's like, you really don't know anything and you don't want people to get in a group and start thinking that they know so much about your life you know, and start gossiping and talking. So I know it's super hard. I still struggle with it, but I feel like that is a toxic trait to have. That's a hard one. I know. I enjoy it a lot. Gossiping? Yeah. Who doesn't? It's it's enjoyable, but I know it's really bad. It's not good, but it is enjoyable, especially when it's like, if it's you and me, like we always talk about, like in the privacy of just us in our own home, you know what I mean? But I think it's another thing to be doing that in front of other people, um, about other people, you know, like, uh, like let's say for example, you and I are with somebody and then they're talking about somebody else. I don't like that at all. That yeah. makes me feel really uncomfortable. I feel like it's different when it's like you and your, you and your significant other, you know, it's just different. It's just, yeah. Talking behind the, the privacy of but your I'm own But I'm talking home. about like, you know, but even then we don't like to go to, on too long. Cause I'll, one of us will jump in and say, well, you know, but you know, there, you know, we try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. We get to that point where we feel like we're going downward and then we kind of like snap out of it. We're like, no, 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 we shouldn't be saying this stuff. Like right. they're children of God, you know, <laughs> everybody has their own story and it's just kind of like a snap back to reality. But I'm also saying like amongst friends, if you guys are always talking about other people, you need to find a new hobby. 
You know, you need to find, you, you need to go talk about business goals, vision, family, future. Like that's the tough, that, that's the stuff that you should be talking about. So next time you guys, next time you're in a friend group and you guys are gossiping about other people, maybe snap that friend group into reality and kind of redirect the conversation and maybe start talking about things that are healthier, you know, because the people that talk with you about other people are the same ones talking about you to other people. Oh, a hundred percent. So beware of that. You don't want to be surrounded by friends that gossip. And I think it's also in like the Bible where it talks about like that, that gossiping is bad. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I, we, we struggle with that, but of course we keep it under our roof in these four walls and it's just between Mike and I, but even Mike and I, when we feel like we're going, you know, down a negative path, we snap out of it and we just like bring ourselves back to reality and we just think of everybody as children of God and we can't disrespect. I, I just feel like nasty when somebody starts doing it. Mm-hmm. for a long period of time a little bit here and there it's like okay of course like we're human but when they keep going and going and going it's just like okay like they're not here to defend themselves you know yeah um i don't know i just it makes me feel bad yeah i just feel like when you're on like a spiritual journey anything that's kind of like negative and gossiping i feel like is a sin so i'd rather just like not do it so do you have any toxic traits that you want to talk about yeah, one of them was um, jealousy. So let's say, I'm just going to like use an example. I don't know. I'd have to make one up. But if you and I were out at a party, for example, or, or just out at a dinner or something, and maybe like one of the guys was talking to you a lot and clearly showing you a lot of attention, right? And doing the extras, trying to make you laugh, and maybe you are laughing, and, you know, just just going out of his way, like all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm sure we've all seen those memes as guys where it's like, you know, it, like you're, you're all of a sudden when your girl's around, your best friend turns into a comedian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. You're not this funny. But it, so I would get really jealous. I don't think that's toxic. I'd be so jealous. And then what I would do though, instead of fixing that is I would go try to make the girl really jealous. Oh, oh <laughs> that yes, would be yes. the toxic. That's trait. the toxic. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. You want to go talk to? You want to go talk to him, huh? No problem. I'm gonna go find the hottest girl I can, and then I'm gonna go start talking to her and making her laugh. And I would be messed up. But yeah. I, I remember I would, I would do stuff like that. Did you ever have? I mean, I'm sure you had, you did stuff like that, right? Like manipulative kind of. Instead of just addressing it head on and being like, hey, that makes me feel uncomfortable and being vulnerable, you're instead like, oh, okay. Like, you know, you would seek revenge. Yeah. Even though like the girl is probably like so innocent. Like I remember Mike and I being at dinner, you know, one time or two times we tried it out and we went out for dinner with this couple and the guy kept looking at me. And he kept making eye contact with me. And I was so innocent. Like, I was just being nice. I'm like, okay, if he's looking at me, you know, maybe the seating arrangement's weird. Whatever it may be. 
But he kept looking at me and I kept looking at Mike and, you know, Mike and I knew that he was just making eye contact with me and we got super uncomfortable. Well, but then Mike just made eye contact with the girl <laughs> and he was just talking to the girl. He didn't even make eye contact with me. And I'm like, what the hell? Did I was I trying do? to give him a taste of his own medicine. So that had nothing to do with you. Yeah, that was not Everett's- jealousy. That was more just like, okay, bro, you want to see it? So what had happened was but then that for context, for me, I lose both ways. Fredo, for context. <laughs> Text though we went out the first time and he could not take his eyes off you and I was like but but you know but he was such a nice guy before that we had hung out on our own um, a handful of times before doing this double date and so he brought his girl I brought you and you know it basically after after dinner I said to you I'm like hey is it just me or was he just staring at you the entire time and you're like well you know maybe you know, maybe it was just the seating arrangement, this, this, and that. But my gut was telling me, no, 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 no. He was staring at you. And so I remember, like, not wanting to get let, not wanting to let it go and not wanting to see them again because of that. But you and I had talked, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm just being crazy. Maybe I'm just being overbearing. You know, maybe I'm just being jealous. Who knows? Maybe it was just the seating arrangement. Let's give it one more chance. And then it was really confirmed the second time. So the second time I went to dinner, then I was getting so angry because it's one of those things where if you're at dinner with somebody and you call them out for staring at your girl too much, you're going to look like a straight up psychopath because how do you do that? Hey, you need to stop looking at my girlfriend, (laughs) my fiance, whatever. And it's like. Like it's a, it's a mood killer. It's, it's a dinner, you know, a date night killer and night's over after you start calling somebody out on that. And so, you know, I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, and, and she felt really uncomfortable, the girl that he had brought. So I'm just like, okay, well then I'm just going to give this dude a taste of his own medicine. So you guys were going back and forth the entire time. I'm finally just like sprung a couple conversation with her. With him. I always include Mike. If I see something weird, I'll always. Well, no, I would say after that, because that was like this whole thing where now whenever it happens, yeah, you like pull me right back into the conversation. Remember the time we left, uh, that restaurant Winwood. Yeah. Yeah. And she like totally had my back. It was awesome. <laughs> and uh, because he was clearly hitting on her and she just kept grabbing me and saying like, well, it's because I love him so much, this, this and that. Anything he would say, he, she would just grab me and he just looked at me finally. He's like, damn, bro. He's like, you did good. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what you're doing over there, but you got a good one. I understood the assignment. Yes, you did. But uh Anyway, just don't look at her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yours was jealousy, yeah. But yeah, yeah, and, and uh, I've stopped doing that. You know, I, you know what? I honestly just feel way less jealous. Yeah. And I think it's just because I trust you and I'm not, I'm not worried, you know. I know we always talk about this and it's kind of just like there's, there's moments where I do feel jealous, but that comes from being like very territorial. For sure. It's like, when someone's if making I can, too much eye contact with if me, I can like I can lock it. some, if I can lock Mike in a cage in the basement, like I would do it in a heartbeat, <laughs> <So dark. laughs> but in reality I can't obviously. Um, but yeah, I kind of just like, I have to trust Mike. Other people, are going to do what they want to do. But the person that I need to trust is Mike. And every time I have a bad feeling or I just feel uncomfortable or I start getting these like negative thoughts, I just say, 
man of God, man of God, man of God, man of God. And that kind of like disappears because the devil wants you to act that way. I feel like the devil wants to make you jealous, even though it's something so innocent, the devil is probably like, no, he's flirting with her. Oh, he likes her. He's making eye contact with her. They're talking, they're giggling and all that stuff. And then I just say, man of God, man of God, man of God. And then the devil kind of just like disappears. And then I'm more at ease. And then Mike comes and tells me the whole conversation anyways, you know? So there's no point of getting to that point. But if obviously I do feel some type of way, I would definitely address you. I wouldn't go to some other guy and try to talk to him and make him laugh. So, yeah. Better not. (laughs) Yeah. So my other toxic trait was controlling and mothering so there is a difference between taking care of your man and mothering your man because at the end of the day the person you are with has their own brain and they're able to make decisions for themselves and they don't need their significant other acting as a mother it's like a it's a very big turnoff especially to a man's freedom and if a man wanted to be with his mother you know he would go back home and live with his mother I used to always kind of like try to control Mike and make decisions for him because I thought I knew what's best for him. And in reality, I started kind of just taking away his freedom and I started treating him like a little boy that needs taking care of. And there's a huge difference, I would say, between taking care of your man and mothering your man and smothering him. For example, I would say the difference is of taking care of of Mike is he's sick. Okay. And I ask him, Hey, what do you need from me? He's sick. And it's like, what do you need from me? And it's like, okay, I need, I need this and this and this. Okay. Would you like some soup? No, I don't want soup. Okay. No problem. I give him exactly what he asks me of mothering is I tell Mike what he needs when he's sick. And I say, no, you need to take these pills. You need to drink this and you need to drink that and blah, blah, blah. And Mike goes, no, 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 I don't want anything. And I go, no, you are going to have it. Like you need this. Trust me. That's mothering your man. Another way of mothering your man is when let's say Mike goes out and I tell him, Hey, there's no gas in the car. Fill it up before you go. And he goes, no, no, no. I'll fill it up on the way back. And he goes to his destination and there's no gas in the car and it breaks down and he has to pull over and he calls me and he goes, Hey, you're right. There's no gas in the car. I should have, I should have listened, but can you come pick me up? Taking care would be like, no problem. I'll be right there. Mothering would be like, I told you there was no gas in the car. I said that you should have went and filled it up before. Oh my God, where are you? Okay. We're going to talk about this when I'm there. And it's like, Dude, like that's something that my mother would say, like you want to be the first person they call, not the last person they call. And if they're dreading calling you because they know they're going to get a lecture from you, you're not going to be the one they call. So I had a problem with mothering Mike because I knew I thought I knew what was best just because I very, very nurturing. But I didn't know that mothering him to the point was I'm taking away his freedom. And he looked at me as more of a mother rather than his sexy fiance. You know, it kind of like blurs those lines. So that's what I needed to work on. Now it gets to the point where I recommend something to Mike. And if he says no, I back down. There's no like, no, no, you need to do this. No, you have to do this. Like you should do this. There's no point. And when I know I'm getting to that point, I go, you know what? I'm good. I'm not your mother. And 
I just let Mike do his thing. And if I end up being right, I'll never be like, oh, I told you to do this. I told you so. I kind of just like let Mike learn his consequences, giving him the freedom to make his own decisions. And, you know, he understands like he'll he'll know he'll remember what I said. He he'll remember being like, OK, Angelica was right, but I don't need to put it in his face, you know, that I was right, that I told him to do this because that's way too controlling. That's way too demanding. Mike is a grown ass person and he's smart and he's capable and he can make his own decisions. And if you feel like you need a mother, your man, because he can't make his own decisions, that means you don't respect your man. And that means you shouldn't be with your man if you need to baby him all the time. Cause they're, cause they're not taking the leadership role. So that was a toxic trait that I had to work on. And I overcame that to, yeah, I did. No, you, you did. <clears throat> it was never that bad though I feel like there was times I remember certain moments where I would kind of like demand you to do things too and you know you'd be like okay chill like you know like stop demanding me like you would call me out oh yeah no or, you're right you're right actually yeah you would do that yeah or, it, would, it would be the way you would state it mm-hmm. and I would get really annoyed because I'd be like yo you're not gonna tell me to do shit you know <laughs> like you can ask me nicely yeah and, yeah. and honestly, like, yeah, when Mike was like sick and all that stuff, I used to kind of just be like, no, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. And he didn't want anything. He just said, give me soup and I want rest, you know, and that's it. But I would just like bombard him with all these things that he has to do. And I know he wasn't happy, you know, he was kind of like dreading it. So now, yeah, when I reached that point of Mike wanting to make his own decisions, but I kind of like know the outcome and how it's going to turn out. I nag, I try to, I nag him, which is so toxic. And then when I know I'm getting to that point of me self-realizing that I'm nagging, I back down and I'm just like, I'm done. I'm good. You make your own decisions and that's it. It's so much better that way between controlling and mothering and taking care. So big difference between taking care of your man and being there for him. And then mothering is thinking, you know, what's best for him and he doesn't know what's best for himself. So that's a no, no for me. I got, I got a good one I, I came up with. Um, using what I am providing, like how good, like being a really good provider and excusing that for having really bad character. Mm. And I came into every relationship being like, well, I can get away with whatever the hell I want because where are you going to find another guy that's going to take care of you like I can? Mm-hmm. And I know that's the mentality of a lot of guys I know. It's like, okay, well, we can get away with murder because where else are you going to go? You know, unless you want to date a guy, you know, decades older or, you know, this, this and that, like you're not going to meet another guy like this. And then, so I would use that as an excuse to have poor judgment and bad character and, you know, be less, um, less loving, less patient, less kind, less all the things that I should be as a man. And what I realized over time, especially as the respect grew for you, is that, you know, the providing is great, right? And every woman appreciates it. And I mean, I'm sure to some degree, a man that does make more money and, you know, does provide a good life probably can get away with more than one that doesn't. I mean, because the women inherently know that, right? But I think it's, um, I think it's a better thing to, to know that, but still not do it, you know? 
uh, to really be like, okay, well, I could get away with more, but I choose not to because I just want to be a good person and I want to be a good man to, to her. So I realized that I use that. I don't use it as an excuse anymore. Like I screwed up last night, you know, and I made a mistake and it took me, I don't know, a couple hours to come back to you and apologize. And I'm the first one to humble myself and say, I screwed up and I apologize and it's not going to happen again and blah, blah, blah. And whereas maybe back in the day, I'd be like, eh, I do so much for her. She has such a good life. Where's she going to go? I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for this. My ego would get in the way, but now it's like, no, the money doesn't mean anything. You know, the, uh, what you provide doesn't mean anything if you're still a piece of shit. And so I would use all of that as an excuse. And I find myself not using that as an excuse anymore. I really try to pretend like I'm, and it's not trying to pretend it's just, just, just literally be a good person. Mm-hmm. Try my best. At least I'm not perfect by any means. I mean, that's but, like, that's the path, like that mentality, which a lot of guys do have where they think success is measured on like, obviously how much money they have, which is a component but they feel like they can get away with anything because they're providers of the woman. Right. And it's kind of just like, that's not what it means to be a man. A man does not just mean to provide financial stability. Provider means emotional stability. It means spiritual stability. It means all these other components because a right. woman can go get a job, you know? Like a woman can go get a job. She's very, she can be very independent. She can make her own money. It's like, aside from that, what do you bring? to the table are you a leader like you know can you take care of me emotionally spiritually like do you have a loving family like there is so many other components as to what makes a man a whole man you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like if you did have that mentality that's where i that's where we would basically drift apart because if you said last night well i'm a provider i do all these things for her i don't need to apologize she'll come around but i it's like yeah maybe i'll come around but will I resent you? Will I have contempt in my heart? Will I start to kind of be like, yo, he's not the man that I thought he was. Like, I don't like it. Am I, would I start to get miserable if you kept having that mentality? Well, when we would fight, see, when I would screw up before, I wouldn't just allow you to focus on the mistake I had made and just own it. I would apologize for it, but it would come with a but. And I would say, but... I do this for you. I do that for you. I do this. I do that. I'm always providing this and you have this and you have mm-hmm. such a great life. You remember those yeah. those arguments. And I would bring up all this other stuff and you're like, yeah, okay, cool. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how you hurt me just now. Yeah, We're not talking about what I drive or where we live or all this other stuff. And I would use that almost like as I would get, I would get like defensive about it like how dare you be mad at me because i provide you with such a good life you should just be happy yeah and obviously a terrible way of thinking right because it makes it seem it's too superficial it's like i'm providing you with material things so your soul and your emotions and all of that you know just stuff them deep down because i don't give a shit about any of that and i didn't realize that until we dated longer that okay, you know, women are very much in the moment. Like a man, uh, because her emotions are tied into it, but a man, you know, logically is going to be thinking, like if I get in an argument with another dude, right? Like let's say I drop the ball um, with another dude and 
a guy to a guy is going to be like, yeah, bro, but listen, like, you remember this time and that time and this time and that time I did it right. And another dude's gonna be like, no, I totally get it. And they let it go. Right. Because like we're, our emotions are not going to be as tied up in it. We're going to be like, yeah, logically that makes sense. You do usually do it right. Like I'll let this one go. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. So when a guy is doing that with a woman, she's like, that's all going over her head. She doesn't care about any of that because her emotions are tied into it. It's a, it's like, she just cares about what's in the moment. Right. Of how she's feeling right then and there. She's not taken into account and doesn't care about what you did even 10 minutes ago or, 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 you know, all the other times of doing it. So I had to learn that. And after learning that, I just realized, you know what? It's okay. Like, just because I'm apologizing or I've done something wrong or she's making me feel some sort of way because I made her feel some sort of way and really wants me to own it, right, and take responsibility for my actions and whatever I did wrong doesn't mean that she doesn't appreciate all the other things that I do for her because just as quickly as a woman can get in a bad mood, you can get her back in a good one if you know what you're doing. And so... You know, it's just like, uh, that was a very toxic trait of mine, mm-hmm. a very toxic. And I know a lot of guys that think that way. Well, I provide a great life for her, so she's going to have to deal with me being the way I am. Yeah. It's like, dang, dude, like that's really shallow and really, you know, Sounds really like you need empty. to do a lot of Well, it's very work. little boyish. I yeah. mean, you're, you're not a man because a man sacrifices, he takes responsibility, he uh, admits when he's wrong, he humbles himself. Uh, he's loving, he forgives. And the reason why is if you do that as the leader of the household, then naturally your woman will, and naturally your kids will see that and they'll follow suit as well. You have to be that one, like having a big ego and never being wrong and, you know, not accepting responsibility makes you look like a little bitch. Oh, damn. Yeah. Right. It does. It does. It makes you, and, and like, I'll come back to you sometimes. Like when I, cause I'm look, I'm still a man and I have a big ego. So last night when we got in this fight, my ego got the best of me and we were on our way home and I was just starting a fight for no reason. It was 100% my fault. And I was just, I, I knew it in the moment too, but I didn't care. I was just like, I, I know what I'm doing right now. I don't care. And you know, just deal with it. But then a few hours later when I came back, I just, I went up to her. I'm like, listen, I'm sorry for being a little bitch. Like I was acting like a little bitch. Because only a little bitch would act like that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and act that way towards his woman. So I apologize for acting like that. It's not going to happen again, mm-hmm. you know, and like, let's move forward. And, and it's really hard to stay mad at somebody when they're like, yeah, I, I screwed up, you know, and I accept it 100%. You were, you were in the right. I was in the wrong. And how can I make it up to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's super powerful. And I just feel like the generation now, the men especially, when they're listening to these different types of podcasts on how to treat women and all that stuff, it's actually pretty scary. I feel like it's really sad and it's really scary how a lot of men think that women deserve less and they're more superior than women. And I've seen a lot of those podcasts and I feel like they say these things and they're shitting on these women to go viral. But I look at these people and I'm just like, yo, you're a boy, like a real man, like you said, takes responsibility that like a real man sees the woman as an equal. He loves, he respects her. He's humble. He says, sorry. And same thing as like a woman. That's what I find the difference between boys and men. And there's a clear difference. And I know you guys probably know what podcasts I am talking about, but 
I, I, and like the people who comment on like my Instagram page, like sometimes, and I'm just like, damn, like you have no, like you probably listen to fresh and fit podcasts and all that stuff where they're basically shitting on all these women and talking about how women deserve less and all that stuff. And I'm just like, yo, you're a little boy. Like you're talking and you're a boy. You're like, you need to go be a man of God because the way that the man of God, like God describes a man is the complete opposite of how you're saying it. It's an overcorrection, you know, mm-hmm. like it's okay to not let a woman walk all over you. It's okay to have a backbone. It's okay to know your self-worth, but at the same regard, it's not okay to treat all of them like trash and to think that they're inferior to you. And it's like, dude, you came from a woman. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be on earth if it weren't for a woman. So you're, so your mother's inferior. You know, that's basically what you're saying. Well, in perspective, your grandmother, too, your mother, all those women that basically, you know, all the generations before you, they were all inferior than you. They were the one that gave you life, bro. It's just a different type of superiority. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like we heard at church, it's like women are more superior at being women and men are more superior at being men. Doesn't mean one is better than the other. Now, are there a lot of people in general that are lacking good qualities and character these days? For sure. A lot of people that are lazy or they're, they're relying on their good looks. But for every woman that's relying on her good looks to get by in life, equally, there's just as many, if not more men that are relying on their money to get ahead in life too. Mm-hmm. So they think, oh, because I've built this big company or I have all this money, I don't need to work on myself. Mm-hmm. Or because a woman's like, oh, well, I'm a dime. You know, I'm, I, got, I got hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and I'm super hot. I don't need to work on myself. And then it's just like, then you put those two people together. It's a freaking disaster because yeah. you got two little kids that never did any work and they're relying on all these superficial things to try and, you know, make it work. So it's just, yeah, it's just a disaster. Well, even going back to like what you were saying and it's like you came from a woman and all that stuff. And it's just like you came from a woman and then you're there basically shitting on all these like women. And then you like you create a book about why women deserve less. And it's like, imagine you had a daughter, right? You know, imagine you had a daughter and a man was treating her the way that you are treating women. Like, it's, it's so heartbreaking and there are some very good points, but I feel like overall it's very toxic and it's more, it's not more of self-help. It's more to get views. Oh, for sure. It's all about going viral versus actually being helpful. Like yeah. you said, yeah. but some of it I agree with, yeah. you know, I know like uh, Andrew Tate's been brought up in the podcast before and you've had other people say, oh, well, why would you talk about him? This and that it's like, well, because 90% of what he says is actually really good. It's the 10% of the stuff that's like way over the line that's like uh, you know he's out of his mind to where it doesn't but 90 percent of the content really does resonate with a lot of men otherwise Mm -hmm. he wouldn't be so popular and so viral yeah so it's just that it's that other 10 percent you know i just i just over the line and like okay you're now you're acting like a complete douchebag and it's just not yeah, I just feel like Ben Shapiro said it the best when he's talking about like Andrew Tate. He was saying like a lot of things Andrew Tate are saying are right. Yeah. Like, you know, like what he says in his um, uni- Hustlers University or whatever it's called. Like, it's not, it's good. Like he has a good man code, but he's not, he doesn't, he's, he doesn't have a family. Like, you know, he doesn't present himself as like having one woman, having a beautiful family, like showing people that side of him. You but know? it's the perfect example of a guy that has a lot materially and doesn't want to grow up on the inside and do the inside work to become a good person to a, to a woman. 
Yeah. It's like, well, I make a lot of money so I can sleep with any girl I want. It's like, okay, yeah, but I know a lot of successful guys, you know, that can sleep with any girl they want. And it's just like, but does that make you happy? Does that make you a good person? Does that make you fulfilled? And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. I mean, it certainly didn't for me. Yeah. I was empty inside. I was so unhappy doing that, that same lifestyle. And it's like, I... I wanted something more. And I know for a fact with the guys that uh, I know, you know, personally that are single, that are near my same age in their early thirties, you know, every guy that's single is miserable. They want what I have. They want to be in a successful relationship. They want to have a woman that they love. That's their best friend that has their back, that supports them, that pushes them to be better, that believes in them, that makes them feel like they're their hero right? What man doesn't want that? So I just don't believe when these guys say, or, or a family, when they say, oh, I'm just going to sleep with a bunch of different girls and this and that. It's like, yeah, well, you just haven't met the right one yet. Or you, you're just, you're running from something. You're running from growing up. You're running from becoming a, a true man because without a woman, you cannot be a man. It's impossible. You need a woman to make you a man. Mm-hmm. And not just a woman that you use and throw away. You have to be in a long-term relationship because that's what made me become a man. You learn real sacrifice. You learn selflessness. You learn you know, the ability to have patience and to love and endure and, 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 and just get through the hard days and get through all the days and lead by example and when you really don't feel like it and want to. And that's what makes you a man. And, and providing and supporting and not holding it over her head for every little thing you do and provide for her, just like she shouldn't be holding everything over your head that she's been doing for you. So, you know what it is also, and that's so beautiful. I just think that a lot of men there, they think there's no kind of quote unquote, like incentive to be with a woman. You know how when, you know, like same, same with like it's having, true for a lot of women. Yeah. But no, like same with having like kids, you know, when people are like, oh, are you going to start having kids instead of it being such a beautiful thing? Like, wow, kids are so amazing. I love them. You should definitely want kids. They're like, oh, like hold on there. Like your life is going to change. It's going to be this and it's going to be that. And it's like, yes, it is. But it's kind of just like, how, how do I word it? I feel like if men got really praised for getting married a lot of men would start doing it more i feel like a lot of men get praised for sleeping with a bunch of women rather than holding one woman down you know because that's the culture that we're in it's like how many women can you sleep with rather than like yo bro you're a man because you can hold on to one woman you know i hear you but i also see I also see guys that I know that have a lot of respect for me because Mm -hmm. they know that I was in both. Yeah. I was that guy and became this one. Mm -hmm. And it just, because it's, it's like easy when it's a guy that like didn't have a lot going for him or wasn't sleeping around and wasn't, you know, didn't have like money and all those things that settled down. You're like, okay, well that's the best he could do. Yeah. Right. But when you had a guy that did live that life and then decides to settle down because it's the better choice Mm -hmm. and you you come to this realization you're like whoa i have a lot of respect for him because he still could have anybody but he chooses to have one Mm -hmm. and that's way more beautiful and and so i do feel a significant amount of respect for me because of that transition i wasn't always the relationship guy Mm -hmm. i turned into one yeah and did the self-work uh with you yeah to you know to still be here 
Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel <laughs> like God. for, I, I read it in a book and I feel like the younger generation, like growing up, it's if they don't have that kind of role model to tell them like, Hey, being in a relationship is amazing because of X, Y, and Z and kind of like pump them up to be like, wow, I want to find a woman. I have a role model. My friend is a role model. He's in a loving relationship. He's successful and all that stuff. But you have the younger generation now, the boys growing up where maybe they don't have a role model. Maybe they don't have a father figure in their life. You know, maybe they don't have that someone to be like, yo, find a good woman, stay with her because she will be your biggest ally. You know, your biggest asset, your biggest asset, your biggest, like your best friend. And she will elevate you. if She's a good woman to the next level. Right. But now you have being like, oh, bro, you're going to be with one girl. Like, ha ha ha. You're a loser. Or you're going to be in a relationship. You're a loser. Like, go do this with this girl. Oh, we're going to go party with a bunch of these girls. Like, screw, screw the girl you're with. Like that kind of stuff. Like if you're not in the right friend group, it can be super toxic for you to basically just like end up being one of them and oh, yeah. elevating to the next level 100%. as a man. And well, I it's read very that. easy to get, um, what is the word? Like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when you, when you're hanging out with bad people? Corrupt. Yeah. Adapt. I lost it. Influenced. There we go. <laughs> influenced. Yeah. It's very easy to get influenced by people. Even if you've been on a very good track for a long time, hanging out with the wrong crew of people for too long is ultimately going to um, influence you. Mm-hmm. I, I That happened to me. If I didn't hang out with the wrong friend group when I was younger, I'm telling you, my I, w- I would do things differently. But I got caught up with popularity and attention and all that stuff. But Glad you did. Yeah. Led you to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I can't say anything. And I think you're popular. You're the most popular person in my life. Oh, thank you. But how did this start? What were you saying as your toxic trait? Oh, just using uh, being a good provider as an excuse for having poor character. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something. You said a really good point, but I completely forgot it. But maybe it'll come back to me. <laughs> so my next one is... Um, what's it called disruptiveness is I used to always interrupt Mike every time he would talk. I used to always like he would say, he would say a sentence and then I would just say one and then he'd be like, okay. Like he really had to tell me like, Hey, Ange, like let me finish what I'm talking about. And then you can talk. I don't know if this is a toxic trick, but I knew that really annoyed you, especially when we were arguing. I would always kind of just like try to over over talk well that or you would make your point and i would listen 100 percent to you but then when i would start talking you would start getting on your phone or playing with enzo or i would just over i would just be like okay i don't care what he's saying i'm just gonna make my point and hopefully he shuts up and then that's it but the problem with me is even when we were arguing is like he would say what's on his mind and then i would just think about what's on my mind and then i would just say what's on my mind and then he would keep talking and then i would keep talking and then we would kind of just start like screaming and you know who can get more loud and then it goes like absolutely nowhere because none of you guys are listening to each other but there has been times where mike and i were just having like a normal conversation and i would just interrupt him and he would get so mad. And especially when we were with people as well, like beside people and he would tell a story and then I would just like interrupt him. Nowadays I go like, oh, sorry to interrupt you, but this actually happened or blah, 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 blah and say it, you know? And I say that to people as well, when you're talking to somebody and I need to come and ask you for something, I say, hey, sorry to interrupt you guys. 
but Mike, I have to ask you a question. It's important. And then I ask him the question, but before I didn't have those manners before I just be like, he would talk to somebody and be like, Hey Mike, blah, 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 blah. And then it's just like, Hey, I'm having a conversation with someone and you just came and interrupted us. And yeah, that was a toxic trait that I had before, but I really, I really learned to basically put duct tape over my mouth, hear what Mike has to say, even though sometimes it's really, really hard, you know, because you have, I'm so right. No, <laughs> <laughs> even though it's so hard to listen, but to. it's so, it's like sometimes it's so hard because you just want to say your point, you know, but the healthy thing to do is, especially when you guys are having a convert, like an argument, it's you listen to him like really really listen to him and then he really really has to listen to you because then you're not going to go through the escalations you're not going to go through the screaming you're not going to go through the fighting if you actually sit down and listen to what that you guys both have to say so that was one of mine i definitely learned and now i just take deep breaths when mike is talking and i go it's okay. It's okay. You know, especially when Mike and I were arguing yesterday, there's so much shit I could have said. There was so much stuff I wanted to say, but I knew that if I started like talking and screaming and going louder, then I, we would just end up in an argument, but I kind of like contained myself. I was calm. I was collect. I let Mike talk. And some people just say kill him with silence. So I killed them with silence. No, you, you, uh, you were very gracious. Mm-hmm. You didn't. You didn't. You weren't silent. Um, I could have said a lot of things. Oh, I, I said, see. I said what I wanted to say to you, and then I knew that I was like, you know what? There's no point of me saying anything else. It's going to get to that point because I was already getting frustrated, and after that, I just I was silent. I was silent. There was times where I was in the car and I was like you know, like really breathing. And I was looking at the window and I'm like, I want to say this to him. I want to say this to him. Oh, let's start up a new fight. Like blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, Angelica, calm down, calm down. You're good. Like, you know, you're handling this well, like just chill out, take deep breaths. He'll come around, he'll come around and just like, you do your part. Like that's what was going in my head. It's like, Angelica, you know, the tools, you do your part, just be quiet. You know, rather not say anything than say a whole lot of bunch of nothing. Well, it ended in a full-fledged apology. Yeah. You got everything you wanted. Exactly. And we were able to move on quickly. Yeah. So everybody won. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the next one is um, I had a hard time apologizing to Mike before. Remember that? I would never say I'm sorry. How could I forget? I would never say I'm sorry to Mike. I feel like it's because like, I know it's sad to say, but my mom never said I'm sorry to me. Same. So we both had moms that never apologized. Yeah, I never knew what it was like to apologize. However, my mom would just change her attitude or she would make me food that I like. And I thought, okay, well I'll take that as an apology. But when Mike and I used to fight, Mike would say, I'm sorry. And then I would just be dead silent. And then I wouldn't apologize. I had a really hard time. I would say like, Oh my bad. But the, pro- but the good thing about me is I always change my actions and it never happened again. So if I had to choose between someone saying I'm sorry or changing their actions, I'd rather have someone change their actions than apologize. Agreed. Because you had a problem with apologizing, <laughs> but, but never actions. changing your action. Not, I'd be sorry, so not fast never. to say. Majority of the time, not changing. I'd be so fast to say I'm so sorry, then just keep doing it. Exactly. That's so no it's, good either. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's toxic. Baby, I'm so sorry. It's yeah. not going to happen again. Happens the next day. Exactly. 
And me, it's kind of just like once I don't apologize, but it would never happen again. Yeah, I also find that when, like we both inherently know when we're in the wrong. Yeah. And so it seems like whoever's wrong usually ends up coming to the the other person's area of the house first mm-hmm. and says, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but how how quickly do I forgive you when you come in always and apologize? Yeah, you do. You just it's open instant. arms. Instant. Yeah. Because I feel it's like just for like, women, yo, I already, though. I know, but whenever you apologize, it's like, yo, like I already forgave I you. Like I love you so much. And the fact that you just acknowledge it tells me everything I need to know. Just come here. Give yeah. me a big hug, a big kiss. Let's move forward. Like it's so easy for a guy. I, I feel like, maybe, or maybe I'm just more. I don't. I don't know if other guys are like me, but I just. I, I, how can you hold a grudge against somebody that like genuinely is sorry? It's not just like oh sorry. Mm-hmm. It's like no, and someone's like hey, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like I I screwed up. I didn't mean that. It's like hey, don't worry about it. Come here. Yeah, Come I, on, give me a kiss. I feel like though, like men. Well, we're just speaking from our experience for. And like from like some TikToks that I saw, but like men, they're more forgiving just again, because they're just like logically based and women were just like emotional. We're obviously emotional. So when you hurt our feelings, it takes a while to forgive just because our feelings are hurt. Like it comes from the heart. Our heart is hurt. Right. The feelings are tied into it. Yeah. So it's not something that you can repair like in a, in like a split second. Even though now I learned how to forgive easy, you know, mm. if I have the right apology, because even yesterday you were like, sorry, you know, and I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, I'm not saying anything. That's not a real apology. <laughs> well, and that was, saying, when was that? Was that earlier in the evening? That was, no, that's when you were just, you know, like yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. weren't, you weren't in the, you were, you were being the talk, you were being your default setting yeah. and you just didn't want to apologize, but you wanted me to let go. You're just like, sorry. <laughs> Actually, you know, Mike is like, what's your problem? And then I kept saying my problem. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for an apology. And you're like, that was an apology. I'm like, telling me what's my problem was your apology. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, yo, dude, you're done for today. Like, you need to go to sleep and wake up. I was up. on one. Yeah. Well, thought, well, just full disclosure, I had some drinks and I was being just a douchebag. So. Yeah. Uh, not my best moment. So when I woke up from my little nap <laughs> and I was sober, I was like, wow, I'm an asshole. And then I started apologizing. Yeah. Then it's very came uncommon, to me. very uncommon. Yeah. Usually I'm a nice drunk. And then Mike came to me and gave me like a full blown apology. And that's when I felt like, okay, now I can forgive, you know, cause he had knowledge. It, he Sorry. means it like he means it. He gave me a hug. He gave me a kiss. He said, how can I make it up to you? Like he said all the right words to, for me to know like, okay, he actually is apologizing from the heart. So then I was able to move on. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the smile on your face. Um, so I guess I have like my two last ones. I had a lot of toxic traits. Yeah, go for it. You, I feel like you have a lot more, but you just didn't think about that. No, I, you, yeah, you definitely did like a better brainstorming exercise, but I, I called out the ones on myself that were really bad. Yeah. The ones that I really remember doing a lot. Yeah. Of course, like I would do stuff too, like playing games with texting and like, you know, in the beginning and, and just, you know, I, I don't know, not being fully genuine, trying to be the cool guy, just not being myself. But I think that with any relationship, it takes time to. Yeah kind of warm up to be who you really are yeah and now we're just both really weird <laughs> um the second one is um i guess i don't know if this is again like i don't know if these are toxic traits or whatever but it's things that i used to do that i don't do now 
because they kind of gave me the it gave me the wrong response from you mm. it's not the response that i wanted to get so i just feel like okay that was something toxic that i was doing but maybe some people are like okay maybe that's not toxic but for me i'm just going based off of you but the one thing i used to do is being like super ultra independent and i never really let mike be the hero you know i used to just like I used to ask Mike to do things and if he didn't do it right then and there, I would do it myself. And then I would show him that I'm doing it myself. And it's like, okay. And I feel like for me, that was a lose-lose. Like I remember being in Toronto and there was, we were in a hotel room. Remember there was the, that iron board, that ironing board. Oh, not the ironing board. That, there was this ironing board. Oh my God, that was in the this middle. Day. That was in the middle, kind of like in the kitchen. You know, it, we were just in a hotel room. We were visiting my family for the first time. Whatever. It was just an awkward positioned ironing board in the middle of the kitchen. And it bothered me. It really bothered me. But I wasn't using it. And I wasn't in the kitchen anyways. And we sat down for breakfast. Like breakfast came. Mike was sitting. Mike was eating. And I asked him, hey, can you put the ironing board away? And he goes, yeah, after I'm done eating. And I'm like, no, can you do it now? And this is like mid, like while he's eating. And I'm like, no, can you do it now? He goes, can I eat first? And I'm just like, okay, whatever. And then two seconds later, I get up and I do it by myself and I'm struggling and I'm doing it by myself. And very aggressively. Yeah, and to make a point. And he's like, yo, dude, like you couldn't wait like three seconds after I'm done eating and I could have done it. Like you're not using it right now. You don't need it right now. It wasn't in your way. And I'm like, yeah, but I wanted it done when I wanted it done. And that was my toxic trait is like, I never give, you know, like even with some of you women, it's like, you want your man to do something, but you never tell them a, a deadline when you want it done. You kind of just expect them to drop whatever they're doing and kind of, you know, service you, which is not realistic. It's kind of just like, if you're going to tell your man to do something, wait till he does it. You know, even if it's the next day you asked him to do something, that's his responsibility. Now you basically delegated it to him. Now it's his job to remember and actually do it. You can remind him to do it. But the problem is, is that women, you're going to overcompensate for him is if you're going to keep asking him to do something and then you're going to end up doing it anyways. It's you're kind of you're losing both ways because a he's not doing it and b you're working too hard to do it yourself. So now it's kind of just like now when I ask Mike to do something, I don't give him deadlines really. You know, it's kind of like a free for all when it's like getting the groceries or putting something away. It's kind of just like Mike knows, Mike sees it, Mike Mike does it when he wants to and I appreciate it when he does it. But even something around the house or whatever it is, I say, hey, I need this urgently or hey, can you do this now? Or hey, I need this done by the next day or you know, just something like that. But I used to be just like ultra independent where I just wanted to do everything myself. And even when I asked you to do something, I would do it anyways. That ironing board story, man, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. That was actually something I wanted to put in my mind to, or put out of my mind and forget. That was a full blown fight. That was a I remember full blown I had fight. just worked out or something and I was starving and I, the room service had showed up and I was eating and you're like, hey, can you move the ironing board? And I'm like, like right after I'm done eating, yes. And you're like, no, I want, I want you to move it now. And I'm like, I'm like right when I'm done eating. And you know how fast I eat. Yeah. Oh, I was done in three minutes. I'm a fast eater. Mm -hmm. 
I'm like, I'll write when I'm done. I just sat down. Like, I'm not going to, you know how that is. Like, you know, you sit down to do something and then you have to get right back up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just, uh, wow. That was like a (laughs) full-blown fight, which nowadays would not even be close to us getting in a fight. Now, now it's if the ironing board is in the middle of the living room and I asked Mike to do it, even if it takes a week for him to do it, that ironing board is staying in the middle of the living room. I'm not it touching it. Though. It would though. Trust me, it would. Wouldn't no, my... no, I'm saying it wouldn't be there for a week. Oh, you know, I'd be on it. But I'm saying like that's how it be, would be. I ask Mike, <laughs> it's like bending right now, but I ask Mike when he's using the microwave, our kind of like um, a cabinet goes up you know, so kind of like sticks up. So it just looks like an open, open cabinet. And I always ask Mike, like, hey, can you close it? And I used to always close it for him. Always. He would open it up. He would leave it open. And then I would just, you know, hop, do my little jump and I would close it. And it would get me so annoyed. Now I never touch it. Well, she used to get really annoyed. So one day when she left, I opened up every single cabinet in the kitchen and then just left it. And she got home and she was like, wow, you're such an asshole. You're such a child. So I then left and I'm laughing my ass off. I sent the video to a couple buddies. I was just like, hey, she didn't like this one thing. She was getting on me about it. So I opened them all. Everyone was laughing. And then I left. I went for a run or I went to the gym or something. And I came back and you were like, ha, ha, ha. That was funny. You know, blah, blah. And I'm just like, all right, good. She's she's cool. She like took it good. You know, she got it. It was a joke. And then I go into my office and then every single drawer was open. Every closet, everything was open. I started dying laughing. That was the best revenge. Thank you. But yeah, now it's kind of just like, I, I don't get mad at those things anymore. You know, I'm just like, you know, it's there. It'll stay there until, you know, he moves it because I asked him to. Just you have not to, sweating the small stuff. Yeah, like exactly. Used to. Exactly. And that leads on to my last one, which is fighting over everything or always having something to say. I used to never, I didn't know how to pick my own battles. And I always thought like I had to say what was on my mind at that moment And it's like, don't get me wrong, if the situation is big enough, then 100% say it. But I would say majority of the things that I would get mad at is something small, like something so little. And it's like, it's to the point where if I did say what was on my mind, it would end up being a fight. And then an hour or two later, I'd be like, why did I do that? Like, why did I start that? And then if I did, it was like um, acting on your impulsive thoughts, I would say, and like just saying what I wanted to say, it's like, dude, like you're nagging me, you're picking on me. And now it's like, I really choose my battles. Like I don't sweat the small stuff. Like you just said, like I laugh it off. I say, Hey, Angelica, if this is not going to matter in an hour or two, what's the point of bringing it up now? Like, what's the point of arguing over little things and mentioning little things? Because I'm telling you, the more you mention stuff and the more you nag and the more you control the more a man is going to feel like his freedom is being taken away from him and the more he's going to rebel against you, right? Mm-hmm. And the more he's just going to be like, yo, she's not, she's telling me not to do all these things and she's acting I'm like- she, do it. Exactly, literally. I know, I know it's like a screwed up mentality, but that's how men are. And it's kind of just like those are like- That's how we all are. That's how the, that's how the inner child is in you. You know, it's like, oh, you're going to tell me. I'm not like that though. I'm not like that though. Like if you tell me not to do something, I'm not going to do it. 
Yeah. Well, you're a good girl. Yeah. But I feel like a man for him, it's like his freedom because it's like my, my masculinity. It's it like, is don't your tell masculinity. me what to do. Exactly. And it's kind of just like when you're growing up, you're kind of like in this place where your mom is always telling you what to do, what your dad's always telling you what right. to do. But and if you ask you, really nicely, then it's yeah. like, of course, I'll well, bend over backwards for you. Well, then it's kind of just like with a man, it's like they strive so hard to become their own man and kind of have their own freedom back. And that means moving out, having a good job, like having their own family that when you have your significant other kind of trying to take that freedom away that they worked so hard to get away from, you know, at home, it's like, dude, you're not doing that to me. It's a threat. Exactly. Now I'm going to go gain my freedom back. You're telling me not to do these things. I'm a man. I get to do what I want to do and I'm going to rebel. You know, that's, I feel like how the masculine mind works that way. It's just the sense of like, don't take away my freedom. So I give Mike the freedom to do what he wants and he knows how I feel about situations, you know, a lot of just situations, very generalized, you know, if you want to go play video games and like all that stuff, what I'm talking about. (laughs) I have freedom to go play video games. Do you hear that? It's not that some women don't like that. Really? Oh my God. Some women hate it. But I barely play. I barely, like if I was addicted to it on it all the time, I would get it. But I might play once a month. But now I like, I even though I want to spend time with you, I know you want to play video games. And I go, yeah, do it. I'll cook dinner. I'll go do whatever. But a lot of women, they're not like that. A lot of women are like, no, spend time with me. Screw the video games. And if I kept saying, if I kept nagging you about the video games, you're going to go play it 10 times more, you know? Yeah. But that's just like one example as to like, yo, like just freedom, you know, to do what he pleases. Get, get a little bit of that call of duty in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like you just said that for no reason. Well, I just want everyone to know what I was playing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He plays it with his little headset on and he talks to his buddies. Yeah. So. And the world domination. Yeah. I know a lot of women listening know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm really about. good. Yeah. Yeah. We took the tower down. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, my headset's cool. Well, that, I mean, I don't hear anything, which is like a. You know, it's like a blessing. I used to like be in the living room or in the in the master bedroom and I would just hear like a warfare going on, like just mm-hmm. shooting and screaming and yelling. And now I don't hear a peep. So whatever you do to, so for me welcome. to not hear that, I'm good. Um, okay, well, this concludes today's topic of toxic, toxic things I used to do part two. I feel like we covered a lot. A lot. Yeah. Well, can't wait for part three. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not doing it. <laughs> I can't wait till you. I got a whole, have a whole bunch list. of stuff. I'm going to start doing a bunch of toxic stuff so that we can have a whole nother episode and talk about the things that I do that Sounds are toxic. Sounds really toxic. <laughs> Talk like next one should be toxic things I still do. That would be funny. Yeah, maybe you can just, you know, get an, your own podcast and maybe <laughs> talk amongst yourself because. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I hope you guys learned a lot about things that we used to do to each other and realize that we didn't come to this relationship healthy. We kind of both learned from each other on how to be healthy. And I feel like that's like super important when two people come together. And I feel like that's what Pastor Rich talks about, like two people coming together and they hold each other accountable. So both of them can end up holy because that's the way that's the only way you could be holy is if somebody else holds you accountable. So 
that's what happened with us. We weren't perfect when we met. There was a lot of toxicity going on and we did a lot of self-work. And I even mentioned it before. It might seem overwhelming, but you know, it only gets better and it only gets easier. And when you are finally at that point where you just, you've done so much self-work like both of you and you guys just get it, everything becomes so much easier. It's like, it's so much more miserable to not do the self-work and to be in a toxic relationship mm, than yeah. just doing the self-work and being in a healthy relationship, good. you know? Yeah, I was even, I was talking to my friend about that and she's just like, oh, this is too much work. And I'm like, so you would rather just play victim and go from toxic relationship, toxic relationship and be miserable rather than being accountable of yourself, doing the inner work and being in one healthy relationship with the person you love. She's like, yeah, that makes more sense. So just like, it's 2023 and there's no room to play victim anymore. Everyone is in charge of their own happiness, their own future, their own relationships and who they deal with, who they end up with. So there's no excuses. And I know it's easier said than done. And it was definitely a learning curve for me, but I wanted to do the self work. I wanted to change. I want to be in a happy relationship. Like I was done playing victim. I was done being toxic. I was done being alone and unfulfilled. And I needed to change because the way that I was going was I always played victim. The way that I was going, I was unfulfilled. The way that I was going, I was just in toxic relationship, you know? And I finally said like, I'm the problem. Like, I need to do the tweaking. I need to look at myself and I need to change things for myself. It's easier to look at somebody else and be like, you're the problem. But then it's kind of just like, but you have to look at yourself to realize that you are actually the problem as well. Mm-hmm. It's easier to, it's easy to play the blame game. It's super hard to be like, wow, maybe I have the issues. I'm the walking red flag. If you weren't toxic, you wouldn't have attracted somebody else that was toxic. You are who you attract. 100%. You know, so you're going So it might not be the same same toxic qualities, but you still have it in order to have found that person attractive or really be into them or be staying with them and still be putting up with the toxicity. At the very least, you have self-esteem issues that you have mm-hmm. to work on. So So yeah. that I feel like a lot of people liked I a lot of people enjoyed these like the last episode because they messaged me and they're like, "Damn, like It was a whole reflection period. And like we said before, it's like things that you might not think that were toxic and we're explaining that they were toxic. And there's things that maybe you can look and you're like, oh shit, like I'm this way. Like I'm that person. Like I need to change and do these certain tweaks. So that was the whole point of these two episodes. And we're almost at the end of our season, Mm. you know? So this is episode eight. Our season finale is going to be episode 10. And I think that's going to be right around like our wedding time, you know, next week. This, yeah, I feel like at, at April, we yeah, we'll have it. like a little break for the month of April. Yeah, for the month of April, we have exciting things happening. We're super busy in April. We have our wedding. We're moving. You know, where it's going to be a surprise where we're moving to. So it's going to be a new change of scenery. It's going to be super exciting. So just letting you guys know for the month of April, we will be off. So, All right. Yeah. Well, until next time. Until next time, guys. Love you. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you for listening to the Bring Back Femininity podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and follow. And if you want more people part of this femininity journey, please share. You never know who needs to hear it. Stay tuned every Monday for a new episode. Till next time.